Hello, Four Star Nation, and welcome to a special Sunday interview edition of the Four Star Sports Show. I'm Wes Pruitt. John Sturman's over there to my left. The gentleman at the bottom of the screen is Mr. O.B. Goodson, a former Memphis Tiger star, defensive lineman, and now he is pursuing his lifelong dream to be an NFL football star. Uh, O.B., thank you very much for joining us today on the Four Star Sports Show. Man, it's no problem at all. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you guys asked me to come on. Well, OB, let me uh, let me just ask the first question, if you don't mind. Uh, talk a little bit about your journey to Memphis, and then talk a little bit about your time playing at the University of Memphis and the in the highs and lows and all of that. Okay, no problem. Uh, my uh, road to Memphis it was it was difficult. Because, you know, coming out of high school, you know, every kid, you know, his dreams just go straight into a, a Division One star and then go every, – every kid go to, like, an SEC school or anything like that. So, in my eyes, I was thinking in high school I was an SEC-type player. I was um, coming from a 6 eight, uh high school and breaking records and stuff there. I was thinking, like, oh, okay, so I'm an SEC defensive lineman. And then when you just – as the recruiting process goes on, the only offers you have is the biggest offer you have is from Memphis. So I said to myself, I was like, well, let's just go to Memphis and let's see what we can build there and let's see what what's the outcome there. And and just just trying to get my mind focused on it and get excited on like, okay, you're going to Memphis. No SEC schools or no Big Ten schools has offered you. So now we're gonna make Memphis our home. We're just gonna dominate at that level. And that's what that was the plan, and when I got to Memphis, that was the most challenging part. Coming from making that uh, change from high school to college, because when you make that, that transition from high school to uh, college, the speed of the game it goes way faster. And so, like my very first practice, um, we were going against the one offense, and I was like, man, I've never in my life seen the offense move this fast. And, you know, in high school, it's a it's a breakout there to play. It's not really no huddles. It's like you run a play, you might get a 10-second break before you run the next play. And in college, it's nothing like that. Nothing. Within 10 seconds, three plays can be ran. Right, exactly. And between that time, <laughs> and I tried, like, it was like trying to get in shape, trying to get ready for it, trying to get my mind mentally prepared for it. That was really the, the easiest part. The, phys- the physicality part was the easiest because it's, that comes down to a mindset. But once it comes down to, like, the speed of the game, and like, okay, so I, I don't have time to catch my breath, so now I got to get in shape 10 times harder than I, than I usually do. And, you know, that transition, transition it, it, it became easier as the season uh, went along my freshman year. You know, I started uh, hanging around with the older guys. They were like, it was just, you know, it's giving me words of advice. It's like, you can be the same player you were in high school. Like, that doesn't have to change. The only thing that changed is the speed of the game. Like, this is still football. So, play the game the way that you know how to play. And guys like Christian Johnson, Ernest Sotos, uh, Curtis Akins, and R. Avery, those guys, they just kept it in my ear. Like, your time is going to come, and just make sure you're prepared for it. And I did. Now, the highs at Memphis – each year has highs with the exception of 2020. But <laughs> every year, 
was like, we like, we knew, like, okay, we, we're going to a championship game. We're going to have fun doing it. And what really was the best part was the process of going to the championship, the winter program, the summer program, the spring, the fall, fall camp. Like, that, that was the fun part because going through all that, it formed a bond between me and the guys on the team. And when we formed that bond, it was like all of us got was able to see the same thing. And the same thing was just greatness and the steps that it took. And we had an incredible leader. With Coach Novell, he, he instilled greatness into every single last one of us. We didn't appreciate it then, but we appreciate it now as we've grown older and wiser. And the lows, the lows, it, it weren't really many lows. It was like there were some rough days. You know, everybody has those. And, you know, it's just you got to fight through them. You got to get through them. And we had those days. But the highs, I can, I can honestly say the highs outweighed the lows because of just because of the guys you got to go to. I got to go to work with every day. Uh, guys coming in with a smile on their face, like including myself, just trying to make the best of the situation that we're in, not trying to be drowsy and be like, ah, oh, man, not this again today. We looked at it as like, man, we get to play football. Not everybody gets to do this. And like, that's what Coach Novell used to tell us. He was like, man, you guys are blessed. You're honored. You should be grateful. That you get to play this game because there are a lot of kids out there that want to play this game that are not able to. And everything was everything. So then 2020 came. And 2020 came along and washed away every single thing that we wanted. So started off the season, everybody getting COVID, having to be shut down with COVID. Um, teammates starting to get COVID, teammates opting out because of COVID. We were like, man, this year is not going to be good. So Coach Silverfield tried to get us to stay together, tried to get us to, you know, to to get this, just to block out the outside noise from the media and people saying there might not be a season and things like that. So we, we tried to, but then again, it's – it's really hard to try to block that out when it's constantly everything. You, that's the only thing you hear when you turn on the news or right. television, you look on social media. That's all that's being talked about. And I can honestly say that 2020, it actually made, like, it made guys become future, future billionaires, future millionaires, just because it gave people the mentality of, like, okay, it doesn't matter what happens. You just got to keep going. Kids just, like, Life is life. You can't stop that process. That road is going to keep going. That train is going to keep on moving. So we just said, okay, we're just ready to move with this train. And whatever this train knock over, we're going to knock over. We're going to keep going. And our goal for 2020 was to get to that championship game. We fell short of that. Another goal was to get to the bowl game and win. We did that. And it was it was a heck of a ride. Me not being there and not being there to play in it was the hardest part because I wanted yeah. to be a part of that, uh, be out there with my brothers, be out there with my teammates. That that was the hardest part. The win, the win made me feel as if, okay, my job's done. Like that that was one milestone I needed to finish my career, and that did it. I, of course, I wasn't there, but I was there in spirit with them. Right, and now. Uh, just training, getting ready to make my dream come true, man. It feels, it actually still feels like a dream, even though it is reality now. Uh, waking up to you no know, agents calling you, waking up to DMs from different agents, 
hearing what NFL team think about you, hearing what hearing college coaches hit you up telling what you think of what they think about you. Man, it's something that you work hard for your whole life. And to just see it come true and see it be right there in in, in arm's reach, man, it's it's a blessing from God. That's that's honestly all I can say. The whole process from 2017 to 2020 in Memphis, it's been all God. I've been letting him lead the way. And I can I just want to say thank you. I just want to thank you for everything. You know, Obi, a lot of people don't know the Mississippi high school background like me and Wes and a little bit of other people in the area. But, you know, I'm familiar with it because I covered the Memphis area and a little bit of South Panola, Olive Branch, you know, in that district as well. But that environment at South Panola High School is second to none, especially on a big rivalry game. You know, I wish, to be honest with you, I wish MUS and South Panola would play every year because the two great coaches on both staffs, you know, come together every other year, at least play every other year. But I wish that game would happen every year. I know they snapped – that was game-winning streak back in the day. But, you know, that was a hell of a game when they had the MUS and South Panola back in the day as well when you were in high school. But, uh, yeah, Wes brought up a good point. You know, your Memphis career, you finished with 65 solo tackles and 34 assist tackles. So, as a defensive end, a little bit of nose guard, I know you play a little bit of nose guard also at Memphis, but you also killed it your freshman year at 19 solo tackles and 14 assist tackles or nine assist tackles, but your freshman year, the year before, you know, we went into UCLA and that's when to me, Memphis was back on the mark. Y'all competed the year before at UCLA on a national televised game on the Pac-12 network and Memphis showed out that game. But talk about Josh Rosen, y'all played Josh Rosen his freshman or his senior year in 2017, I believe, and y'all beat UCLA in the heat. And it was just one of those hot days in Memphis when they ran out of water in the Liberty Bowl. I was there personally because I'm a Memphis season ticket holder. I was there. So when y'all beat UCLA, it reminded me of that Memphis over UCLA game in the, you know, Final Four that one year. You know, just oh, talk about that win over UCLA your freshman year. That win, that game was my first actual game, like starting the game off. So we went into that game like, okay, these guys are wearing coats. These guys – they're, they're good football players, but they haven't, they haven't been down south with us yet. So, them, them pretty boys from up there in Cali, they used to good weather. It's been cool all the time, so they ain't going to be used to this mix. And so, we we practicing it every day. So, it was nothing to us. So, we yeah. went out there, and we just – we saw them in the warm-up. We saw them all drowsy around. We was like, oh, yeah, they're not, they're not going to be out here long. They're not going to play with us long. And so, as the game went on, you know, we went back and forth. Each team threw their punches. Each team threw their blows. UCLA threw a blow. We threw a blow. And then it got to a point when they just stopped throwing. It was like, oh, yeah, we got them. And it was like the offensive line, they were battling with us the whole game. But, like, towards, towards the third and fourth quarter, it was like, man, they were all gassed out. Everybody was done. And that last when I remember this play like it was yesterday. When TJ Carter caught that game-winning interception. When I say I've never seen a stadium get as loud as it did in that stadium, when I say it was like, man, so this is what a college environment feels like. I like, man, that, that was the most packed game I ever played in. It was like, man, I can't just name the emotions I felt going like going through my body and enjoying it with the guys and being out there seeing everybody smiling, seeing everyone on the field rush the field, seeing guys wet Coach Marvell up. 
congratulating him and to him coming in the locker room, hugging our neck, congratulating us. Man, it was all around a fantastic day in Memphis. It was just, it was just a testament to show like how hard we work and how like it doesn't matter who you are and you come to the mound, we are gonna deal with you. That's that just plain and simple. And we sent that message to the UCLA and whoever else came into the mound, they got dealt with. And I know y'all fell short in that championship your freshman year, well, sixty-two to fifty-five at UCF. But that UCF environment, and that UCF team back in the day, you know, was one of the top. Not just you know, to me. Y'all played. Y'all fell short in that game, but it was you know a good showing on national te- television. No matter what, for our conference in general. But talk about, you know, talk about playing your freshman year as well. I know we fell short to Iowa State by one point twenty-one to twenty that freshman year. But me personally, the Liberty Bowl showed out in that one as well by the fan base as well. So that um the championship game. On nine up playing against those guys. I mean, those guys were stacked. I mean, from every person on offense that touched the ball, I believe ran four two. I, I honestly believe that everybody that touched the ball. And it was like, man, it was like chasing after Speedy Gonzalez the whole game, man. Like everybody that touched it. And it was and coming from Memphis, it was cold. And coming to uh, Orlando where it was hot. I was like, we were like, oh man. So everybody was like drowsy. And so we got out there. We were like, man, this that's not gonna matter. And we got out there, and those guys got the running. We was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh These, man. Hey. And we on the sideline, like they'll break a long run. We'll look at each other like, man, listen, I ain't never had to deal with speed like that. Everybody <laughs> in the touch, even the quarterback. <laughs> like, come on now. Like, Everybody yeah, fast, like the whole team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, man, everybody is fast, man. The backup getting in fast. We like, oh my God. <laughs> but you know, like we 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 um that game, it was a mutual respect game because we we knew like that whole season, we were the only team that gave each other competition. Mm-hmm. Like we were like we were the only team that gave UCL competition. UCL was the only team that gave us competition. And, you know, we battled, and, you know, we battled the whole game. And after that game, it wasn't any disrespect or anything like that. It was just mutual respect. Like, man, you guys played a hell of a ball game. We just – and our eyes were like, man, they just made one more play than we made. So, it was like we just got to make sure we make every play count. And going into, like, in the middle of the game, we were at a point where we are like, okay, we got to make some stops. We got to – you know, we just got to make stops to get our offense back in the game. Because our offense was Absolutely. scoring points. Like, yeah. they, were, they were on board. So, in our mind, we're like, man, we got to make stops. We got to make stops. We got to make stops. But, man, I don't know if Jack, Coach Jack Frost knew our playbook or what it, with what he was doing. But, man, <laughs> it was man, it was like every other play they were striking up the band on us. We was like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? So we just finally know we got our heads together, we got our thoughts together. We held, we held them out for a minute. So then we took it to overtime. We took it to overtime, they scored. We were like, oh, man. So then our offense scored. We was like, okay, one more overtime. We got to get out here. We got to make this stop. They scored again. It was like, oh, my oh God. <laughs> then our offense scored. So we were like, all right, we got to make this stop, y'all. We got to make this they scored again. We were like, oh, my God. And the next play, our offense got out there, and it was 
turnover. Oh no! Oh my God! That was a crazy sequence. But that UCF team was probably the best team I ever played. Those guys were dogs all over the field. Even the defense was fast. I'm like, man, I need. We need that training. <laughs> so then, guys like Shaquille Griffin, Shaquille Griffin, no, Shaquille Griffin on no, uh, defense, um, Tristan Hill, um, just different guys. Uh, Mike yeah. Hughes at corner, and those guys were stacked. And man, those guys were just full of ball players. Guys in the in the NFL now, man, those guys, those were just some tremendous athletes going against going against some tremendous athletes, I should say, and. Man, that game is one for to remember to for forever. Memphis first game, first championship game. Yeah, we lost, true enough. And I and I and nothing we can change about that, but it was a game to remember. It was a game that's gonna be remembered forever in American Conference Championship history. It's gonna be remembered yeah. forever. And that um Iowa State game, going into that game, the preparation was they were like, oh man, we're gonna come in here, we're gonna run the ball on them, we're gonna do all that. Cause that was um what was the running back's name? David Montgomery. That was his. Uh, oh yeah, he's a stud. Year. Yeah, that was his. Uh, his last year, and everyone saying he hasn't fumbled all year. He he averaged this. He he leads the nation in broke tackles, and you know, in Memphis, man, you know everything. I mind. You're like, man, we not gonna let nobody come in here and run no ball on this. <laughs> now that we got something to say about it, and that and we and I. Honestly, say we shut him down completely. Like every play that was made was against the was the twin tower receivers they had out there. Six four, six five. He had Alan Lazard. And he had Butler. Man, they, everybody they touched was a tree. They gave the ball to. So that game, it was we shocked a lot of people with that game because they thought Iowa State was going to come in here and run the ball and. Just run up the scoreboard on us. We lost that game by one point off a mistake, and yeah. we was like, "Man, if we can just limit the mistakes and limit everything, if we can play with anybody in the nation." And but again, that's that's one for the books. The Liberty Bowl did do that job with that one. That game was packed. It, I don't believe I seen an empty seat in that game. And cold as anything. Yes, that was <laughs> and I, that was my. <laughs> that's the game I ever played in. It was cold, the wind was blowing. We're like, oh my god! And that's another thing we had. Iowa State wasn't used to that. Cause man, we went out there. Cause some, you know, some guys have routines. They go out there with their shirts off and warm up and things like that. Man, I looked at them. I said, I don't see how y'all doing that today. <laughs> but, but, uh, but. Yeah, man, that, that those two games, my freshman year, those games were really statement games to like people, teams across the country. Let them know, yeah. like we're we're not just a just a Cupcake. Memphis team. Cupcake, uh, cakewalk. Like we, we, this is not that. Like we'll play with anybody in the country. The American like, Conference you, is weak. Yeah, 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 that type of deal. Yeah, and all that. Like <laughs> we, we weren't going for that. Like. If you want to come here, like if your game plan is to come in there and bully us, it's not gonna go down like that. It is not. You can ask anybody that we played against. Nobody has ever bullied us ever. And that that's just our mentality, man. It's a Memphis grind. I picked up on it when I came, brought that SP 
mentality and mixed it with the Memphis grind, and man, they created a monster. Wes, do you want to bring up his uh, junior year? Well, I was, I was gonna let Aaron ask a question next. Okay. Oh man, um, yeah. So, so like, um, I I have a question actually. Um, so I know you Memphis is in the same. <laughs> John, I said you're from Philly. You're from Jake Elliott country. All right, Obi. So it's um, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so um, I, I was I just wanted you to kind of um give your experience um like so what what was your impression of Philadelphia when you came here to Lincoln Financial Field to play good old Temple? Um, I'm really to- gonna bring that game up. All right, go ahead, Obi. Let him have it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't have to be that Kevin, exact I game. I, I'm just talking I about through your career. Just yeah. Well, Joey caught it counts, but go yeah. ahead. <laughs> I, I just wanted to get your perspective of of and and it can it doesn't have to be about the game, just the atmosphere, the yeah. stadium, the city, just all of the above. Oh man, that's in the past. I don't mind talking about that. And um, but. You know, when I first when we first got there, like that was my first time ever in Philadelphia. So when I got there, you know, first thing we seen was the Eagle Stadium. Like, oh man, like, oh, let's, let's see what it looked like. You know, we go uh, walked out on the field, yeah. walked out on the field. It was like, man, this is a good atmosphere. Like, so like at first, like I know that Temple played their games on the field until like a day yeah. before the game. And you know, mm-hmm. just in the atmosphere on like game day, uh, was like it wasn't it wasn't necessarily packed, and it wasn't necessarily not packed. Yeah. It, I was a few Memphis fans and Temple. Maybe the lower section yeah. was pretty loud, probably. Yeah, like it wasn't really just packed of how how much capacity there was actually in the state. But you know, and but now I don't mind talking about that game. That game, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, going into the game, we were like, "I'm right, gonna beat these guys, and we're gonna we're gonna do this." But going into that game with the turnovers that we started off the game with, like we didn't put ourselves in a good position to win. Like mm-hmm. we put it in the refs in the referee's hand, which is the wrong hand we want. Put it in. Like, yeah. put it, and them guys in the black and white, you don't never want to put it in their hand. So, no. So we, of course, Joey called it. But at the end of the day, we said to ourselves, and I explained to the team, like that's a hundred percent on us. The referees made a bad call, but we had no business putting it in their hands because we had the game. Yeah, we would play to what mm-hmm. we was capable of doing, and what we did to Temple this year, and what we mm-hmm. did to them last year. Man, they got. Yeah, I've been close. We didn't. Joey caught it was would not even been a topic. Right. It would have been Memphis beat yeah. it and won the you uh, AAC championship last year. That would have been what it was. Mm-hmm. But that one loss, yeah. We look back, we're like, man, we were so close to being perfect. Mm-hmm. And another yeah, Coach Novell teaches, he said, You don't want to have those, those what ifs. He said, because those what ifs will haunt you for the rest of your life. And they do. We still talk about mm-hmm. it. If we would have did this, if we yeah. Did this better, we would have had that game, but it's in the past. So we let you yeah, live. Yeah. Like- hey, thank you, Ob, for 
sharing your experience of Philadelphia. Oh no. <laughs> OB man, I got I got one last question. I, think I, for you. Steak, I heard too. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I got one last question for you, man. Um, I was in Dallas last year for the Cotton Bowl. John was there as well. Um, just to give you a little background on myself. Uh, my stepdad is a season ticket holder, and up until this season, he had not missed a home game since 1985. So I'm very diehard when it comes to Memphis. Um, what was it like to run out of the Cotton Bowl last year and just hear the Tiger faithful in that stadium erupt? Man, that was a game that I'll never forget. You know, the preparation and coming into the game, it was it was ecstatic just because we knew, like, we're going to bring Memphis out here and we're going to turn up. And I know Memphis is going to bring the energy. And running out of that tunnel and seeing, looking to the left and looking just all around, just seeing the Tiger Blue in the stand and knowing, like, it's not Dallas Cowboy Blue. This is Tiger Blue. Like, they, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, just looking up and when plays being made and we made plays, just hearing the fans react, like, it's like it hasn't been like that for in a, at a away game in Memphis since I've been here. Like, right. we don't really just – just have that many people come to away games. But at that game, that game, we had at least – I know a lot. I, don't, I, can't, I can't give you a number, but we had a lot of – 35,000. It felt like it, right, Wes? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think they announced it at like 30, but I, or maybe it was 35. But, I mean, I was at the very top of the stadium, and I didn't care cause, just because I was there. But uh, – <laughs> As a Tiger fan, I mean, when y'all came on the field, I had tears in my eyes, like, honestly. Um, that was just uh, – after all we've been through, and I, there's no sense in going into it, we know uh, it wasn't good for a time period. Uh, and just watching how this team has progressed and how the, how y'all as young men and players uh, have progressed and really just, you know, you wore the name on the front of your jersey, but in reality you wore the name on the back too because you, you carried that city – by playing football in in the Liberty Bowl for us every every year, uh, and just as a Tiger faithful, I just want to say thank you for everything you've done for the university, um, and I am definitely looking forward to playing with you in Madden coming up in the next couple of years. Man, I thank you, thank you so much, man. Yes. I thank you sticking with us, sticking with Memphis through the hard times before I before we arrived, and sticking with us through. You know, it had to, it had to be bad. Before it got good, and you guys been there through it all. And man, I just want to say thank you guys for being the loyal fans that you are, staying with us and motivating us when sometimes we didn't believe the coaches believed in us or the fans. You guys stayed there with us, it was select few, and you guys one of the few, man. We appreciate you guys so you know, much. OB also, West didn't bring up this, but I'll bring it up. Um, the best game atmosphere for me in your four years, nothing against UCLA. And nothing against Ole Miss, but uh, hey man, your junior year last, you know, college game day down on Bill Street, yeah. packed house yeah. on Bill Street. I remind yeah. you, but uh, that hey, insane. hey, that SMU game, what you, for, you forgot about that? No, heck no, I didn't forget about <laughs> oh, it. Oh, that <laughs> game was awesome, but yeah, Bill Street packed house. At first, I thought it should have been on Tiger Lane, but looking back at it, you know, the last couple of years, I'm like, Bill Street was the best place for it, to be honest with you, OB. It was. And to be honest with you, when you saw 
we our stadium hold now? Fifty eight thousand. Yeah. So our stadium now holds fifty eight thousand compared to the sixty two thousand when me and Wes were growing up. When you saw fifty eight thousand fans already in their seats, pretty much at warm ups, forty five minutes before kickoff yeah. for that game. You know that atmosphere alone was second to none as well. From five o'clock that morning when everybody was getting down on Bill Street to at least maybe midnight that night from partying on Tiger Lane right after the basketball game because Memphis was back on the market on ABC, Kirk Herb Street, Desmond Howard, etc. Mm-hmm. But that atmosphere was electric too, OB. It, it honestly was. Oh, yeah. And just being like, we actually went like on down on Bill Street and we went, not the day of the game, but like the day before. We went down there and it was like it was packed in. It was like, man, if it looks like this now, picture what it's gonna look like tomorrow. So when we went out there, you know, it was like we seen those guys out there. Then the next day, we seen uh we talked to uh, Kirk and all those guys, and that's when they made their decisions on who they thought were gonna win. And we were in our hotel room, like, so they just said they think SMU gonna win. Like of course so. <laughs> like we gonna, we gonna y'all came. We brought this crowd out to Memphis. Y'all think we gonna let somebody come in here and beat us at home? <laughs> at home now, don't nobody come to the mound and beat us like that. But again, that was like you said, John. Man, that was a hell of a ex- man atmosphere. From the time we walked, we got off the buses and did tiger walk. Until the time we got, until the time we were leaving the stadium on the buses or with our parents, man, it was exciting. Not one, not one millisecond was not exciting. You didn't hear fans. And they were engaged the whole game, coaches, players, their coaches, their players, their fans. Man, it was just, uh, now that you bring it up, that probably was, was one of the best games. Now that you said that. Yeah. And, and they have the picture of the stadium, like, in the locker room. Now, like how the stadium looked from up top. Oh wow! Oh, and, awesome. And yes, they have that in the locker room now. Like as soon as you walk in, and we're like every day we walk in, we're like, bro, there's no way we did that. Like it was no way there was that many people at that game. Like that you can research <laughs> games. We were like, since we've been here, we haven't packed out a game like this. It's the one that was closest to it was uh, UCLA, but this game, no mess, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this game, man. Yeah, I think when you go back and look, uh, I think the biggest game that I can remember is probably 96 Tennessee um, when we beat Tennessee. And I'll be honest with you, I was at that game too, and there was a lot more Tennessee fans than Memphis. Um, But, yeah, when you go back to college game day, I mean, just that experience alone um, and really just how our fan base handled that experience. Uh, You know, Bill Street – that that iconic shot where ESPN scrolls and they start going down Bill Street and it's nothing but fans literally down to the Dagum River. Uh, I mean, the the spotlight that it showed on <laughs> Memphis just had to have made you extremely happy being a part of it. It did, cause you know coming from Sapinola, you you used to that. You used to the big game day atmosphere. Used to your games being packed, but when you get to college and in your mind, you didn't actually just go to one of the power five schools. So everybody's not going to expect – you're not going to expect to get the exposure and the attention that you 
that you think you're going to get at that school. And we got there, you know, being, that, being on ESPN every weekend or our, to our game just being televised every weekend. When we got there, he was, they were telling us, the coach telling us, like, Memphis games used to be broadcast like that. But like, nobody want to see us on TV. Because we're bad. games a year, if that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and to, and to one point, us playing every single game, it being aired on TV, no matter if it was a Friday game or a Saturday game. Yeah. And, you know, just be able to bring that swag, that mentality to Memphis, man, it was like, man, it felt like I was in South Carolina again. <laughs> but those guys that came in with me, like TJ and Opino and Dre and Riley, you know, we made that, like, we made a, a like, a stand to ourselves, who, like, when we came in, like, we're going to get this program nothing short of our all, and that's what we did. JoJo, all of us, like JoJo, a year ahead, but yeah. we just said to ourselves, we wanted to make a change. Like everyone said, why did because every, everyone <laughs> TJ, me, and guys like, why did you choose Memphis? We was like, man, we want to go somewhere else and start everywhere else. Offer us like they they got a name for themselves. Like we want to help put Memphis on the map, yeah. and with the help of Coach Novell and the guys that we had. I think we did that, and I'm proud to say that I was a Memphis Tiger, and I'm a Tiger forever. You know, OB, also, you know, a lot of people in general, me personally, I think the American Conference from top to bottom is probably one of the best conferences in NCAA football. As Aaron, one of our friends that the did a show with us, well, I can guarantee you. Pac-12 football. <laughs> but, uh, he, thinks, he thinks the Pac-12 is appealing football. But yeah, but uh, yeah. I think the American Conference in general will be, you know, from top to bottom, from head coaches to assistant coaches to players, we don't get enough love as it is, man. Especially, I know Memphis back on the market. People would say, you know, whatnot. But Memphis now has like one of the top five nationally home winning streaks, but that's just showing that y'all protecting the home field pretty well. But wow. also from talking about the American conference as a whole, how people can know about the American conference from top to bottom. That we don't, don't get enough love as it is. Help me out explain that a little bit. Oh yeah. Um I believe they because you can like you can just do <coughs> do the research yourself when teams in American conference play against uh, opponents that they think are supposed to be higher or supposed to be superior to us. Uh, um, it, it hasn't been anything short of the American Conference showing up like, hey, guys, we, we play football too. Like, we, we do this. Like, your school is just a name. Like, that has nothing to do with who you are on the field. Like, that's just to say if we played, but just say we played Bama or something like that, that's not going to put fear in our heart that's Bama. Like, we know Bama is pretty good. We know Bama is damn good every year. But that doesn't mean we're going to play down to below our standards just because that's Bama. Like, if we play Bama, I guarantee you they will, they will tell you, like, those guys are some fighters for real. Like, we may won, we may have did this, but those guys are some fighters. Those are some dogs. And that's what you look for. And that's what the American Conference is full of. It's full of dogs. And the number one team that they overlook and they don't want to give credit to is this? They can't stand this because we full of dogs every single year. 
every single year we give everybody exactly what they they didn't expect. Like they expect for Memphis to fall off. They expect for Memphis to. Oh, I don't see Memphis winning this. I don't see Memphis going. I don't this year. I don't see Memphis beating UCF. I just don't see that. I don't see Memphis beating Temple. They say they never gonna. They never saw Memphis beating UCF. Like man, listen, that's just not the same UCF or team. Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, or Cincinnati. Like this, this is not the same team. Like man, we we're dogs, for real. Like you guys make us dogs by doubting us. Like the doubt is what made us stronger. The doubt is what made us grind harder. And and it's been nothing but doubt since we arrived on campus. Um, freshman year going against ULM, um, the first game, then coming back because the UCLA game we had. So many reporters, so many media coming to practice asking us, oh, what do you think about Josh Rosen? Uh, do you think Josh Rosen have a good game? And I had to explain to them, when you're going to a game, the focus is not the opponent. The focus is on yourself. Like, you don't go in the game focus on one person or anything like that. You go in the game focus on, hey, listen, it's my game. We're going here. We're going we're gonna to dominate. And I honestly think that's every team in the AAC. Well, I can't say every team. But every team <laughs> – Covers like it's, it's their mentality. Like we just play with the the mentality. Like, we always have something to prove. We never satisfied with the with the, uh, in the result of anything. We could blow a team out, have a goose egg on, but we're not satisfied because we know it's always room for improvement. And teams hate that. Like some teams in SEC, they might get complacent with just winning a couple games and beating teams. They become complacent with us. In, in American conference, we always feel it's something to prove because it doesn't matter how many games you win in that conference. You're still looked upon as not being a quality opponent just because of your because the conference win. And we, I'm pretty sure everybody heard that for years. Like, Memphis is not a quality opponent because they're not in the power. They're not a power five or anything like that. But if, I think everybody we played against, we played ball with, I honestly think. And yeah. I have does anybody in our conference get blown out by guys in other conference? Like, it's been in a ball game. Just like last year when Cincinnati played Ohio State. Georgia. Okay, yo. Yeah. And Georgia. And Georgia. <laughs> like, come on now. You see? Like, oh, yeah. come on now. Like, when they played Georgia mm-hmm. this year, like, it took a miracle for Georgia to win that game. Like, that was just bad ball by Cincinnati at the end, yeah. true enough. But the game – the the year before that, when they played Ohio State, that was a good game. I mean, they had the best defender in college football last year, but it's still like those guys played a hell of a ball game compared to what Ohio I mean, State. Like Central Florida beating Auburn for crying out loud, like yeah, like and and uh, playing tough against LSU the next year. That's what I'm saying. Like y'all don't understand that this conference is full of dogs. Like every team has a dog, but. Come on now, this conference is full of dogs. Y'all looked upon us for a reason. Like some of us got looked, got overlooked because of size. So that's why some of us in Memphis. Like, you really think this size gonna mean anything on the field? And that's and, and that's what we used to try to get to explain to these coaches and explain to the media. And one guy asked me like about my size and asking, like, what are you uh, you're not the biggest guy? And I had to explain to him, I was like, the biggest animal in the in the wild is the elephant, but he's not the he's not the king of the jungle. The king of the jungle is the lion, and he's he's king of the jungle because he's mentality. And 
I had to explain that to him. Like, it has absolutely nothing to do with your size. Your size is just a physical attribute that God gave to you, and you're stuck with it. But your mind is 100% between you and you. And that's what we go by. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go into every game with the mentality of, all right, let's play football. Uh, you may be good, but you're going to have to show me that you're good. And you're not going to have to show me more than one play. You had to show me for four quarters. You had to show me for 60 minutes. However many plays we're on the field, you have to show me. We have to go into overtime. We have to play in uh, an hour, two, three hour long game. Okay, let's do it. Whichever one goes down first. And if I go <laughs> down, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, you know, I'm sorry. Like, we had a pause. I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. Oh, you good? And I was like, um, whoever goes down first, it's not gonna be us. We'll go down but we'll go down after you do <laughs> i mean also real quick i just want to say you know from the university of memphis fans for me going to all your four four years of your football games um my dad said you're probably one of the best defensive linemen he's ever watched on and off the field as well so he just wants to give you some love as well real quick but uh, as a season ticket holder for four plus years man it's all about family memphis family memphis family to you um coach silverfield and coach norvell has always brought that family back and also the players in the past have always showed up for ball games and gave you all some love as well so that's all about memphis football family there so from a season ticket holder for four years that when you were at memphis i appreciate everything you did for university of memphis as well you were one of the best inspirations to me on and off the field from high school days as well so that's it again thank you for everything that you've done for the city man it means a lot to me just like wes said at the combo i had a few tears come down my face because like y'all said, you know, we showed out that all four years for you. So I appreciate everything you've done, man. Man, it's no problem, man. I appreciate you guys, man. I was happy to be a part of this, this family forever. Well, OB, uh, you may And have to, OB, oh. OB, when you're an eagle, when you're an eagle, OB, <laughs> I want you to join our show, okay? All right, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> But no, no. But when you're when you're a big when you're an NFL player, I want you to come back and visit us. Right, no problem. No problem. But you know, Ob, when you when you go back and you look at at Memphis State University of Memphis history, uh, we have a long list of guys in the NFL. Uh, I think when you look at Memphis, uh, we're not really talked about for the amount of raw talent. Uh, and of course, you think of guys like Isaac Bruce, Mike McKenzie. Um, obviously, D'Angelo Williams. Uh, of course, now you've got Anto- you've got AG Antonio Gibson, uh, TP Tony Pollard. I mean, the list goes on and on. But uh, o- Ob, uh, my stepdad, who, like I said, has been a season ticket holder for over thirty years. Your freshman year, he picked up the phone and said, "Ob Goodson is going to be an NFL player." Um, and look at it now. So four years later, uh, thank you very much for what you've done for the University of Memphis, for the city of Memphis. Uh, thank you very much for being on the show with us today. And from everyone here at the Four Star Sports Show, best of luck to you in your NFL journey. Man, thank you all, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. Everyone for the Four respect, Star OB. Sports Show, uh, follow God us bless, on man. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. We also have a Twitch now. Uh, everybody, uh, make sure you uh, like, follow, share the page. We'll get this uh, amazing OB Goodson interview out just as soon as possible. Thank you very much, OB. Thank you, guys.